We return this morning to Hebrews chapter 6. Our text is 19 and 20. I'd like to read beginning at verse 11. And we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end, that ye be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. For when God made promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he, God, swear by himself, saying, Surely, blessing, I will bless thee, and multiplying, I will multiply thee. And so, after he, Abraham, had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. For men verily swear by the greater and an oath for confirmation is to them an end of all strife, wherein God, willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel, confirmed it by an oath, that by two immutable things, in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us. Which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which entereth into that within the veil, whither the forerunner for us or is for us entered, even Jesus, made a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Father, thank you for this opportunity at the table of the Lord this morning. Help us as we approach and appropriate this particular text, which is familiar to most. Help it to penetrate our hearts and minds, grab a hold of our souls, Cause us to be mindful of Christ in a correct and godly manner as we partake together to the honor of our Lord. Bless then your people as they remember that in fact Christ has come, as they remember in fact that Christ shall come, and though here we are in between those two advents awaiting the fulfillment of thy blessed promise. In the meantime, we praise you, we thank you, we bow down before you, and ask thy blessed Spirit's help as we consider this text. In Jesus' name and for his blessed sake, amen. Set before us this morning at the front of the auditorium are two things in evidence. The first thing is over my shoulder to the right in the stained glass window. It is the emblem of an anchor, Christ as an anchor. That becomes the thrust of the text today. I often, when we go to the deacons' meetings and, and the men are talking about uh, physical things to be accomplished around the church, someone will say, well, the concrete out here needs a little bit of this or that. Somebody say, well, I got a guy for concrete. And then they say, okay, you con con contact your guy for concrete. 
And then somebody say, well, we're going to paint up here on the steeple. Yeah, well, I got a guy. I got a, I got a man for steeple work. And so then you say, well, then you, get, you go and contact that man for the steeple work. And all our guys got guys. All of our guys got guys. All of our guys got guys. Well, I'm here this morning to tell you I got a guy in heaven. I got a man in heaven who cares for me. You got a guy, a man, in heaven who has cared and cares for you. That's why we're here. That's what this hour is about. But one of the evidences is the stained glass window and the guy who years and years and years ago, I don't know how many years ago, older than Paula, I can tell you that. But nonetheless, years and years ago, some guy of skill uh, put that glass up there in our stained glass as an evidence of our faith and confidence in Jesus Christ. And then, of course, the second evidence is this table that's been set, the Lord's table. We remember him as to the body that is broken and the blood that was shed on our behalf. The text this morning brings together that which was done years ago and that which was done hours ago before our minds in relationship to the article-specific hope, verse 18, article-specific hope, the hope, not a hope, in Christ, the hope set before us, which is the specification of our righteous expectation in Jesus Christ our Lord, past, present, and future. We as God's children possess a high expectation, all centered in the person of the work of Christ. Our expectations in Christ are faithful and true, not false and tenuous. Today we want to prepare ourselves for the fellowship of the table by detailing from our text something of the hope set before us. The imagery here is beautiful and compelling. Our hope in Christ is likened to a ship's anchor. and We want to think about three facets of that metaphor in preparation for the table of the Lord. First of all, the purpose of of that anchor. Our hope in Jesus Christ is like the anchor of the soul. The word soul in our text means life, being, inner reality of you. It's a utility word. If you say it quick in congregation, you'll spit on your neighbor. Psutke. It means life, being, an inner reality of you. That utility word is used to convey the truth that Jesus Christ is the origin and the source of your every righteous expectation in the will of God. That's why we put the name of Christ at the end of our prayers. Because the only way that you and I have any righteous sense of expectation before the throne of God is in the name of Jesus Christ, the anchor of the soul. The anchor provides your life and mine a surety, says the text, which hope we have as an anchor for the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which entereth into that within the veil. The anchor provides your life and mine a surety, a stability that it needs during the days of life. 
during the days of ebb and flow of life. The word sure and steadfast convey the ideas of certainty and consistency. One commentator helps us with a little more detailing of what that we of that which we have in verse 19. He said, "We are anchored upward, not downward." Our anchor is up, not down. Our anchor is in heaven. We are anchored not to stand still, but to move ahead. Our anchor is sure, it cannot break, and steadfast, it cannot slip. No earthly anchor can give that kind of security. Only Jesus can bring that kind of security to a person. We're talking about the anchor of the soul, which is Jesus Christ. The purpose of that anchor, as stated in this biblical text, is to bring a sense of stability and surety and steadfastness into my life and yours. Secondly, the location of this anchor. Again, we've already said it, heaven. The word forerunner in verse 20 appears to change the metaphor, but in fact it is the Greek prodromos. Here we are told of Christ, the prodromos. Now if you were part of a Roman legion back in the day, and you said to the uh, commanding officer, let's send our prodromos out Uh, Everybody that was a part of that Roman legion would know exactly uh, who was going out and what they were going to do. Because in the military context of a Roman army, the prodromos was the guy that we would call the scout. He would go before the military troops behind enemy territory and scout out the lay of the land for the purpose of the military campaign. And so when you look up the word prodromos in regards to its meaning, it uh, comes up as a Roman military man or a scout who goes before or behind enemy territory uh, to gain, as it were, uh, the aspect of the lay of the land. But in this case, we are told of Christ, the prodromos, and it is clear to me that that is not Uh, the primary indication of the word that you and I are to take as our primary definition. And so we search a little more in regards to the word development and what kind of things that we see by way of usage, and we see that the word prodromos is also used to speak of sailors, and particularly sailors who are out in the midst of a stormy sea at low tide. And the idea is, is that the sailors that are in the ship uh, want the ship to get into the safety of the harbor. And so they uh, know that they can't get into the harbor at the moment because of the fact it's low tide and there's a sandbar uh, that is blocking the entrance into the safety of the harbor. And uh, so we're out here, uh, as it were, subject to the elements at the sea. And so what they would do is they'd get a a smaller ship, we'd call it a dinghy, and they'd get their dinghy and they'd launch it over the side of the ship and they would pick the sailor to be the prodromos. And the prodromos would take the anchor of the ship in the little dinghy 
and he would go across the sandbar into the safety of the harbor and drop the anchor. And then the ship, of course, that is out here in the sea would have its, its line going across the sandbar into the harbor where there's safety, and the anchor had been dropped in the harbor, and the anchor would secure uh, the ship out here that is in the midst of the, of the sea being pitched back and forth until the tide comes in so that they can get the ship safely into shore. And when exactly does the ship get into shore? Answer, when you yank the rope. And hence we are told of the rapture, which is interestingly another sea-orientated word, harpazo. We are told that the Spirit of God has been stuck into the heart of the believer and that in the appropriate hour, the hour of God's appointment, that Christ, who is the anchor of the soul, now planted in safe harbor of heaven, is going to yank his rope and we be out of here. That's called rapture. Beautiful, seaworthy depictions. Our text tells us that Jesus has entered into the very presence behind the veil. The veil that was in the tabernacle in the temple, that object that separated the presence of God from everything except the Ark of the Covenant. The Old Testament high priest entered only once a year with the blood of sacrifice, but no one dared follow him. Our anchor, which is Christ, our man, in the heavenly place of God's presence, is able to secure us and stabilize us until the hour when we join him there. In the meantime, you and I are to know, based upon the depiction of the Old Testament tabernacle and temple, that the veil torn from the top to the bottom after the death of Jesus Christ is an indication of the way into the very presence of the Most Holy, which is now open to me and to you and forevermore. No Old Testament high priest was prodromos, they entered briefly and left. No one else would ever expect to enter the Holy of Holies and live. But Jesus is called our prodromos, our anchor of the soul planted in heaven, and thereby the idea of Christian growth is he's there as planted. The rope connects us to him by the Spirit of God, and we are moving upward in the way towards glory until he yanks the rope. What a beautiful, beautiful depiction of the Christian life here and now. We then find what I call the perpetuation or perpetuation rather of the anchor, the contrast of the Eridonic priesthood and the Mel and Melchizedek in our text, which we return to that subject here at the end of. Uh, verse uh, uh, 20, uh, as was first uh, introduced to us back in the fifth chapter at verse 10. Uh, but uh, now we're back to the subject after this little aside. But uh, the point that's going to be made is that Jesus does not share the limitations of time and function, as was true of the high priest who served after Aaron. 
Jesus functions today after the order or the arrangement of the high priest Melchizedek. And indeed, verse 20 says that as to the reign and the opportunity of Jesus' high priestly ministry, it indeed is, Bible quote, verse 20, forever. 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 Not once a year, every day. Not once a day, every hour. Not once an hour, every minute. Not once a minute, every moment. Jesus Christ is forever the anchor of the soul of the believer. And in that we find our greatest joy. And according to this biblical text, we specify our biblical hope. He is the hope set before us. He is the hope set before us. Father, our hope is not wishful thinking. Our hope is in our Lord. Help us then as a congregation on this first Sunday of a new month to give our minds, to give our hearts, once again, over to the honor and the glory and the adoration of Christ. By thy blessed spirit, make us mindful of what he has done, even as the table will help us. But then, Lord, make it mindful as, as to what Christ is doing even as our text would make us mindful. And then, Lord, make us mindful of that which Christ will do in the coming day. And help us to grab a hold of the truth once again, that our hope, our hope, the hope set before us by your good hand, is the hope of Christ. Apart from Christ, no hope. With Christ, hope concerning the past, hope concerning the present, hope concerning all things future. We praise you, we thank you, we bow down before you. In Jesus' name and for his blessed sake, amen.